1979, a Ridley Scott film was released that would define an entire genre and a creature design that would fill nightmares for years to come. Alien became an instant classic, a horror movie set in outer space, and the xenomorph a permanent part of pop culture. So when Michael Eisner decided it was time to bring the murderous monster to the happiest place on Earth, surely nothing could go wrong. This week on Slice of Disney, the extraterrestrial alien encounter. Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney-obsessed enthusiast and real-life Tinkerbell. And I'm your co-host, Will Lentz, occasional Disney-goer and real-life birthday boy. Happy birthday! It's my birthday! It is literally, when we're releasing it, is Will's birthday. So if you're listening, make sure to go on some of our social media and wish Will a happy birthday. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd appreciate that. I'll give you a little (laughs) like or something. Um, Yeah, uh, and just like last year, I got to pick the topic of the podcast, and we did the, the that weird video game, that weird Magic Kingdom video game. And this year we're doing... We're doing a, an attraction that I've wanted to learn about for a long time um, because I love horror movies, and that's what this was. Yes. Uh, Will, but you like the fun, campy ones. I like fun, campy, but I also like high-concept horror where because I, I, I think one of the things I actually like about the high-concept stuff is, like, this is so out of this world. Um, hey. hey, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> this is so weird. How are they going to have such a weird premise that they're going to ultimately end up grounding enough to be able to actually scare me. Um, because if it's too out of the world, then I'm like, I'm not, it's not scary. But Like if, Cabin in the Woods? Well, the way that Cabin in the Woods ends, yeah. Uh, at the beginning, it, it, it can be kind of scary. Well, no, actually, you're, you're right. Even Because Cabin in the Woods has a lot of that, like, breaking the fourth wall, kind of like there's something yeah. else going on, and it's kind of funny. Um, so, yeah, like I, I, I like that movie more for the entertainment value and less for the scare value. Yeah. Yeah. I I love horror movies. I like being scared, but I am definitely one of the people who's like, yeah, I'm afraid. Like I, (laughs) if I go to a haunted house, I'm usually in the front and it's more because of fight or flight. I'm flight. I'm out. Like I am ready to get out of there. But then the monsters are like creatures or people, whatever it is, like, like that. And then I'm like, no, I, and I'm like screaming. And I tend to not do well, despite the fact that I like horror. I don't tend to do well at those types of like interactive stuff. Mm. Um, but I did go on the uh, Los Angeles famed Haunted Hayride like two years ago or whenever it would be pre-COVID. And um, one of the things that was funny was like I went through like one of the hay mazes where people would pop out at you. Um, but I was standing fourth in line between uh, with my party of five and it was like there was a girl in front of me and there was a girl behind me and so like the people that would pop out would target them specifically uh and they just left me alone the whole time oh my god <laughs> like we're gonna get screams from these people <laughs> and it's like yeah screw that guy like, you would get a scream from me i'm a baby come on <laughs> don't judge yeah. don't judge yeah um yeah will uh for his birthday we were like okay what do you want to do and Will said, I want to do Alien Encounter because I was too scared to go. I was, yeah. I remember, I, I vividly remember, I think we both have vivid memories of this attraction. Mine was not going on it, but mine was like <laughs> seeing kids come out of it 
crying and being like, no, I am not going to go on that attraction. I think my parents are probably cool with it. They weren't, they're not big on that kind of stuff anyways, but I remember very much being like scared to even walk by it because it was like the reputation it had was enough where I was like, no, thank you. Yeah, I went on it once. I was very, very young. And my mom, when I told her this is what we were doing, she was like, oh my God, that was the worst attraction. She was like, it was terrifying. And though they say that there were signs that said, like, it's for 12 and up, I, well, I don't remember them because I don't remember. But my mom's like, no, there was like really nothing to let me know. Or they weren't paying attention, whatever it might be, that this was like not okay for young children. So we went on it. And, Ooh. And also, like, maybe they had a sign-up that was that's only for 12 and up, but you're in the Magic Kingdom. You know, you're right. going to expect that, that everything else there is for kids. So why would this thing be so drastically different that, like, 12 and up means, like, really probably, like, 17 and up because this thing is going to be scary? Yeah. And I feel like I, I have a memory that I was with my big cousins. I always called them, like, my big girl cousins or my big boy cousins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to look cool. Yeah. And I, I could be wrong. I could be misremembering this. But that's what I remember. And just like being like, I'm going to go on this. And literally thinking I was going to die. Like so scared for my life. I was crying. And I, it didn't feel like a ride or an attraction. It felt like this is real. And I'm, I'm about to die. Like this wasn't supposed to happen. There was an actual, yeah, no, that that's great. I'm excited to uh, get into it. Then should we just jump right in so people can kind of get a feel for it? Yes. Yeah. So if you don't know what extra terror estrial alien encounter, that is its name. Um, it's got terror all in caps in the middle. You're going to see it on the episode description. Yes. I always looked at it as like just, I just thought it was alien encounter. But alien encounter was a theater in the round attraction located in Tomorrowland in the Magic Kingdom Park of Walt Disney World. And it is considered the most horrifying and scariest ride ever done by Disney. Yeah. And I can say, like, not even, like, a little bit. Like, by far. Like, this is not... It makes no sense that this attraction was there. The idea was this theater of the in the round, which before then it had a couple other attractions, um, which we'll get into... And so they kind of just like repurposed this theater area and it was it wasn't a ride, it was more of a show. Yeah. If you want to call it that. I mean that's a fair point, as as you guys will hear more about it. The the show aspects of it. Um yeah. Not not a lot visually to consume, but that's on purpose. Yes. So the way that it would be is this attraction mostly took place in the dark. Yeah. And they relied very heavily on sound effects and physical effects to make it feel real. And they also, these seats were originally just seats. And then when it became Alien Encounter, these seats had harnesses and they would come down. And then when it hit your shoulders, it would like strap you in, but it was tight. And it you know, it was to give you this feeling of like really being stuck and helpless. Yeah, it's wild because like those the the harness that you're seeing are like the harnesses you see on like some of those like Six Flags roller coasters where yeah. it's like this is being put there to make sure you don't fall out and and die. And and like no, you're sitting in a theater and we're strapping you in, baby. It makes no sense. It was not for children. So we it, we're talking it was, horrifying. It was for one very specific child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into it. All right, here we go. Here we go. Our story begins, Will. As so many of these defunct uh, attractions do. With our boy, 
Michael Eisner. Oh, Mikey E, as I like to call him. Oh, you do? You like yeah. to call him that now? Yeah. Mikey E, actually, what did you say earlier? Oh, I was trying to remember George Lucas's name. Georgie Lou. <laughs> he called him Georgie Lou. Yeah. <laughs> I like to, you know, it helps ingratiate you to people. They're like, oh, he's got a cool nickname for me. I should be his friend. I'm sure Michael Eisner wants to be your friend. Mikey E. Let's Mikey go. E. Let's go grab drinks sometime. <laughs> so Michael Eisner um, was this attraction's biggest fan. Yeah. And it's he's really the only reason it survived as long as it did, even though it didn't survive very long. Um little refresher on Michael Eisner for you. Um, he came into the Walt Disney Company in 1984. It was super, super struggling. The film studio was, like, dying, and the only money coming in was from the theme parks, but it still, like, was not great. Um, he kind of he turned it around. The movie studio became, you know, the renaissance of yeah. Disney movies. And then he also, um, and at the time, already, in the 70s and 80s, Disney was relying 70% of their revenue on the parks. Yes. So Michael Eisner was like, okay, I really have to concentrate here. And he also wasn't too familiar with the parks because he was used to being a film studio executive. So this was new. Now, at the time, uh, his idea was, he, he, he was trying to figure out what to do. We talked about this in our Star Tours episode, but I'll give you a refresher and give you his name. He decided to bring his son to Disneyland. And his son is like, this is so lame and it's for babies. Yeah. And he's like, what? No, it cannot be for babies. If, what's his name? What's his son's name? Breck. If poor Breck doesn't like it, then we got to we gotta change this up, guys. Yeah. Listen, I've been talking to very important researchers uh, named Breck. Breck, uh, my son. We've got to make some changes. I looked it up and Breck is now in his 50s and he's a writer-director. Uh, shocked is my face. He, <laughs> I, he went to like, I think he went to USC. Um, <laughs> Double it, shocked. It just made me laugh that I was like, I have to look up his son now. I wonder if he'll come on the podcast. Breck, if you're out there. Oh, my God. Well, I don't think he would. We don't say the nicest things about his father all the time. <laughs> yeah. If he wants to come on and defend. Yes. Yeah. Def- defend your, your father. Um, so, yeah, his son was like, yeah, it's too little kiddish. And because of that, his son helped him make decisions uh, and bring great attractions like Star Tours, Indiana Jones, the show, Tower of Terror, Splash Mountain, which I don't consider a great attraction, but a lot of people do. Sure. Um, and one of the things that Michael Eisner wanted to focus on when it came to the parks was improving Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland's kind of a tricky land in general because the whole idea is it's Tomorrowland. Right. And the future, I mean, technology's changing so fast that it, like, I've always looked at it as, like, Tomorrowland is not about the future. It's about retro. Like, I've always looked at it as, like, a retro part. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. You you had mentioned that. And, I mean, I think it's retro in the way that it's, like, this is what we used to think the future would be like. Um, right. Because, like, I mean, all in every fictional future world, uh, I don't think we ever had, like, it'll be so fantastic. We'll have phones that take pictures so it's flying cars <laughs> it's like, yeah and that's you know, sure um so yes but I, I do think you have a good point Tomorrowland. it's hard to make too futuristic um you almost have to pick a specific theme of the future to try to really lean into and i and i and i don't know how i would handle it no but they they kind of there's two kind of things going on here when it comes to Tomorrowland. so so part of it was at this time not as much about Tomorrowland. But Michael Eisner, in wanting to be cool, be cool with the cool kids, was the movie Alien was obviously such a huge hit. Yeah. 
Have you seen it? Oh yeah, Alien's okay. fantastic. It's a great movie. Yeah. And I didn't watch it till like recently. Yeah. I'd it never is, seen it. It's it's extremely good. Alien and Aliens are both very good. The rest of the franchise is a little uh, middling and a little weird. Um but Alien, it is a horror movie. Like let's you know, Aliens is a little bit more of an action one, but Alien is like straight up a horror in space and it's scary. So I I I can I can see where an alien themed ride would be fun, but not in <laughs> Not in Disneyland, sorry, or not in Disney World even. I don't, I don't want to get into it too much. We'll we'll get we'll we'll yeah. reveal. But so so Michael Eisner decided to go ahead and buy the rights to the IP to create attractions for um, aliens, and it came you know because like Star Tours, Indiana Jones. He'd seen if I take these really big IPs that people already love and put it in the parks, people will come. Yeah, and he thought that one of those good ones would be Alien, which. Yeah, I don't know. It like doesn't make sense to me. But hey, I'm not running the Walt Disney Company. Um, and I mean, look, he's not wrong. IP is sells tickets. Yeah. But the just you know thematically it, appropriate IP. This was considered one of the best sci-fi films of all time. Yes. It still is. Yeah. Like people love this movie. So they had this idea of creating an alien-themed attraction called Nostromo that would be in this like alien encounter area, maybe of Tomorrowland or somewhere. They weren't totally sure. Um, and the idea was going to be. A very like Buzz Lightyear attraction. Guests were going to be recruited to help clean up the alien infested ship, and you would ride in a vehicle like that or the Men in Black ride at Universal. I haven't done that one, but I've done the Buzz Lightyear. One. Okay, yeah, we're like shooting at aliens and stuff. Yeah, and this was like it only went into like the beginning development stages. Yeah, but like the so at this point, I want you to picture West Side Story in a way where there's like old Imagineers and new Imagineers. And, like, the, the old ones are like, no, this is too scary. This is not our on brand. We don't like it. And then the new Imagineers come in, like, snapping, like, hey, yeah, yeah, we're going to agree Alien. with you. Alien. Really, Scott? Yeah. That's great. Alien. Nostromo, which is the name of the ship um, in Alien, just for anyone that wanted to know, in case you didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was and just so, like, here's a random name. I'll be honest. That that initial version, the Buzz Lightyear sort of themed one where you're going around and you're shooting the aliens and you're clearing the infestation, sounds a little bit more fun and, admittedly, a little less scary than what extraterrestrial ends up becoming. Um, maybe because you have some type of way to fight back against this thing, <laughs> but we'll get there. You're kind of in control of the situation yeah. if you're shooting at the little aliens. Yeah. but. They yeah the older the older Imagineers convinced Eisner that like this an alien themed attraction is too scary for the Disney parks and Eisner's like fine but he'd already bought the rights to Alien so they decided to put an alien section on the Great Movie Ride mm, right. where you go through it and it's great and apparently this one small scene on the Great Movie Ride was so praised that the young Imagineers were like mm-hmm, I have an idea. We're not going to let this alien thing go away. We're going to think of an alien-themed attraction. We're, we're going to keep this going. Yeah. And they're snapping. They're coming in hot. <laughs> like, that's just how my brain, like, pictures that these Imagineers are going. I love that in your brain, anytime there's conflict, it's West Side Story. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No, it's cool. I'm into it. <laughs> that's usually what conflict looks like. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've also seen 300. I've seen that kind of conflict. I've, But I like the one where they're snapping more. Yeah, it's that. It's three hundred. It's slightly passive aggressive comments on a podcast. Those are the three <laughs> forms of conflict I think that we we experience here. That's it. I I listen to. Uh, if you're a patron, then yeah, you got to hear it too. Um, if you're not a patron, we have a blooper episode, and 
you get to hear Will be really snarky. Yeah. I, and I was listening and I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but I can acknowledge it when I'm being too snarky. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. was funny. It was fun. Um, so at this time where the Imagineers are like not going to let this go, they want to do some kind of alien themed attraction. Um, the idea of doing and redoing Tomorrowland is still yeah. is becoming a reality. Yes. So in like 1993, er, like all these ideas are being tossed around about what the new Tomorrowland looks like. The idea was how do you take it out of this time capsule situation because it was like you said like it was like a this is what this in the 60s they thought the future would look like. Yeah. But that's not what the future looks like and we don't have robots and I mean we do. Right, but it, either way it's like it starts it starts to get a certain dated feel unless they find a different way to take a sidestep from it, I think. Yeah. And so then and so the idea was to explore maybe it's about different kinds of technology instead of it being about the future. So it was going to be showing different kinds of technology and the area would be called Tomorrowland 2055. And the whole thing was going to take place on an intergalactic alien space station. Which honestly I think is kind of cool. I feel like that's going to get dated easily too, no? No, I mean you're right. I mean I think if you take well, a little peek behind the uh, peek behind the mic, uh, one time you and I did a uh, an alien themed escape room. <gasps> we did. Yeah, and the way they the, the way that was it, what was so interesting about that is if you've ever done an escape room before, a lot of times it's like, oh, they use these numbers in this poem, so therefore that's got to be the combination to this lock. And so for the alien themed one, it was like they don't use the numbers we have and they don't use the words we do. So really it's more about pattern recognition of like colors and like you have to find different you have to think look at things in a different way. And so you're you're probably right. I imagine any any version of an intergalactic alien space station created in 1993 would feel extremely dated just based on the production value. Right. Um but I think like I think the idea of being like let's move it so far away from humanity that um that it can't be confused with like uh oh well we have phones now for that kind of thing. It's kind of it's kind of fun. I mean, what you're saying I 100% agree with. It's why, you know, the Marvel Avengers Campus, not yes. Marvel Land. Um people get very Disney people do not like when you say Marvel Land. They get very offended. It is Avengers Campus. Uh-huh. Um but like I that's why I like Pandora, the Avatar, which I don't care about Avatar, but I love that's like my favorite place. I could just hang out there all day. Yeah. Or yeah, like I do care about Star Wars, so obviously Galaxy's Edge is super cool. But yeah, having so I feel like Galaxy's Edge is ultimately kind of that idea you're Yeah. No, you're right. Going off planet. And so because they were doing this, young Imagineers come snapping in and they're like, hey, we have this idea. Um, there was an attraction called Mission to Mars in Tomorrowland. And they were like, what if we repurpose it and make it an alien themed attraction? I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, I don't know. what. Oh, did you say alien? I heard someone say alien. <laughs> Where we did an alien themed space station. That'd be great. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Originally, to kind of like a little bit about Mission to Mars, it was an opening day attraction at Disneyland called Flight to the Moon. And throughout the years, the name kind of changed from like, as we traveled in space and explored more and it was kind of like as if you were on a ship and you would look through screens that would look like you were looking out windows and stuff it seemed like it was like fine but it did get dated very quickly and so they had brought the mission to mars version to walt disney world but it, it lost a lot of traction as attractions do and so then the young cool imagineers come in to eisner and they're like hey we got an idea. Alien, let's bring it back. And and obviously Eisner loved it. Yeah. 
because one, it's not going to cost anything. Just they already have the yeah. Yeah, they have the theater. Everything's built. And this was new and exciting and dangerous. And so many people are going to want to come to the park specifically for this. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone comes to Walt Disney World to see scary things. Um, So the old Imagineers, though, are still like, no. They go to Eisner and they're like, this is too scary. This is too dark for Disney. Eisner's like, go away. I don't care what you have to say. (laughs) Get these old guys out of here. Yeah. Hey, Brett. Brett, what do you think? (laughs) Brett's like, yeah. Dad, let's do it. Um, I don't. I think Breck was a teenager, so he's probably like, yeah, Dad. Okay, let's whatever. Do that. Whatever. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry, Breck. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure he's I'm like sure a great, he's a great guy. guy. Yeah. Um, but in my version of this, where we have Imagineers snap fighting. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yes, like this is how. There's, listen, there's a lot about this one that is taking some suspension of disbelief. Yeah. So. Like the fact that Alien would be a good thing to put in a theme park. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, the Imagineers, they knew this is a terrible idea, even though Mm -hmm. Eisner said no. It's an R-rated movie. Right. And the idea, no matter what, putting that alien in the attractions would be scary. So they go to George Lucas, because George Lucas was working as a consultant at the time. Star Tours was already a huge success. And he was working on the Indiana Jones show. And he goes, and he's like, Okay, come on, like Lucas, you know this is crazy. And Lucas agreed. Alien Encounter was too intense for a family park. Yeah. He's like, okay, here's an idea. I'm going to collab. And probably because he's also like, I don't need another movie that's going to compete with mine. Yeah, of course. I, I, I'd be interested to know what George Lucas, what old Georgie Lou, as I like to call him, um, <laughs> says off the record about Alien. Because yeah. they, they're very different movies by all means, Like they, but they're outer space. So I'm yeah. sure if he's like, if I have the only star type uh, attractions that would be for the best. Yeah, like I can see them being kind of like I don't know something going on. Yeah. So then uh, he goes and he's like, okay, I have an idea. I will collab on this, and I'm gonna do a toned down, xenomorph free version of this ride. Yes. And with Lucas's name attached, Eisner was like, fine, I'll let go of the alien brand, whatever, George Lucas. And so they decided that instead of it just being a take on Alien Encounter. Which was what it was going to... A take on Alien. Yeah, but I guess it was like... or It was like going to be some kind of thing where you're interacting with the aliens, you know, more from the Alien movies. Instead of doing that, it was now going to be called Extra Terrestrial Alien Encounter. And it went into development. Yeah, finally. Oof, gosh. Those, uh, those young Imagineers finally getting their, their shot at the big plate. If they can hit this one out of the park, they're going to be made. They'll be imag- they'll be Disney legends. And it was Tony Baxter. I'm just kidding. It was not Tony <laughs> Baxter. Tony Baxter was not involved with this. To be fair, I don't think the names have really popped up in other research. So I, I guess wonder those why. young Imagineers maybe. Uh, or they're embarrassed. They, maybe moved on to Universal. <laughs> they don't. Yes, they should. This is like a Universal type of traction. Yeah. So their project was no longer going to feature aliens that burst through your chest or bleed acid. Cute. Um, (laughs) But they still wanted to have this chilling, scary environment that Alien has. That was, they really, they wanted to have the same vibe, just not with the IP. Right. One of my, if I can take this part. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite parts about this is like the first iteration of this, which should have been a sign, um, (laughs) is that they did a soft opening. For, for this original attraction um, on December 16th of 1994. Uh, and then and then they closed it 
January 12th of 1995, which, if you're tracking, is less than one month of operation <laughs> before they were like, wait, we got to wait, wait a second, guys. We got to figure some stuff out. Um, so, and the, the, the reason that that was uh, is it was too scary, frankly. Um, you know, Eisner was kind of like, well, you guys didn't get the full story. And guests were like, well, I was too busy screaming and I couldn't hear the dialogue. And like, well, yeah, that's kind of on you, though, if yeah. you think about oh, it. Yeah, Meisner's <laughs> totally blaming the audience. He's like, guys, this attraction is awesome. What is wrong with you? What was the original attraction like? The original attraction was basically, you're going to hear this name a couple of different times right here, XS Tech, uh, which you might think of excess tech, which I think is kind of the play on words, but it's the letter X oh. and the letter S. Tech. I just think of like extra small. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, it's not that at all. It's excess tech. And that's why I think of, like there's some lines like everything's better in excess. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but excess tech, they're having an open house. They're showing off their technology and they're like, all of these humans, you want to see, you know what you want to see? You want to see aliens and they're like we're gonna bring you an alien right here and say bring an alien and the alien's like oh i'm scary and everyone's like oh i'm so scared and then the alien's like but here's the thing actually i'm sentient and i want to escape and excess tech is like oh shoot this thing's this thing's alive and and sentient we better shoot it we gotta i'm sorry humans we gotta get this thing taken care of or it's gonna it's going to eat all you guys going to eat everybody. We got to cover this whole thing up. And so they start shooting at an alien's like ah and he gets out of his restraints and then he's running all over the place and he like somehow releases the humans. They all get to leave but but all the while you're hearing all this like blood curling screams of this thing going through and like eating people and and causing havoc etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. The and then and then right after that you go to your fast pass line for Mickey and Minnie's throw right whatever. <laughs> yeah. It, it just again totally out of place. So that lasted for as we mentioned, less than a month. Well, yeah, which the guests were, these were the guest complaints. Guest complaints were that the pre show is really different than the actual attraction. It did not set it up to be scary. Sure. They went in thinking it was going to be like just so tech, you know, I don't know, like some kind of Tomorrowland type attraction. Then they're like, oh my God, <laughs> what was that? Yes. And then they couldn't follow the storyline. That was the other big problem. Because of the screaming and stuff. And right. Eisner's response was, okay, okay, we'll rework some of the dialogue to make sure that some of the things are clearer about the monster itself, about the storyline. But also, you guys are wrong. It needs to be scarier. Yes, it's not intense enough. And in the final version, they were literally having to put warning signs outside of the ride saying that the extraterrestrial alien encounter is a frightening theater experience in a confined setting with loud noises and moments of total darkness. It also went on to say maybe too intense for children and some adults. Obviously it was. It was way too scary. My mom doesn't remember seeing a sign, so she took me. That's fine. There was even a petition that said that... It should go around saying this attraction is only available for kids 12 and up. Unfortunately, that never happened. Yeah. And you, the, the, it's everyone talks about the fact that you would leave and it would just be tons of crying children and adults. Yeah. Like, I mean, outside. That's, that's what you saw. It's what I saw. And that's why I did not go on it. I mean, yes. Uh, that was all the warning sign I needed. It's wild. And when they say moments of total darkness, almost the entire attraction takes place in the dark. There was a lot of darkness in this, and you know we, as as you know, I like to do always like to try to watch the rides or attractions if I can before going on. If I didn't go on it as a kid, or if I haven't been on it uh, since, um, and we tried to watch this one, and and there's a lot of stuff on there. There's there's 
a, a video to watch online, but it's so dark that I think it's beneficial for us to kind of talk you through sort of what you're seeing um, and what you're hearing and, and kind of what the experience of this ride is. Yeah. So first you're in the queue. And even this one, my mom was like, this still didn't prepare you properly for what you're about yeah. to see. But you have a robot voiced by Tim Curry. Which <laughs> is uh, very creepy already. Yeah, Tim Curry does such a great job. He does. He's such it's a fantastic. phenomenal actor. He's so good. And so he's like a robot being like, hey, look, this is Skippy. And it, Skippy's like this adorable, cute little alien. And they're like, look at the technology we have. We're going to transport him from here to here. And there will be no problems. And all the molecules in his body are just going to like disperse. And then they're going to come back together in this tube over here. And so Skippy goes into this other tube. And he's like charred and like has like glowing, creepy eyes. Yeah. And he's like in pain. Yeah, and Tim Curry's like, oh, you're fine. Don't stop talking about me. Chart it up. Uh, here's my favorite part when I get to do you back to the other way. It's so sad. Yeah. Like, already I'm, like, uncomfortable. And I and I do think, like, I, I the reason I said that it, uh, Tim Curry was creepy or scary is, like, because he does such a fantastic job with that. Like, if you go back and just watch that part, you can already tell that there's a darkness to this ride that you don't Ooh, typically yeah. see with the voice actors, like, and how they're performing this kind of stuff. And you, the, the just, like, kind of a sinister nature under what's going on. And, and it fits perfectly for this attraction, again, which just doesn't fit in the parks. Yeah, it... It, he does a great job, and there's also like kind of an intro video explaining what excess tech is, and it has little nods to like to the mission to Mars. It's like hoax or something, and it's yeah. kind of playing on the fact like some people didn't think we really went to the moon or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so they have little bits. Um, I do. I do want to point out that the in the intro video, uh, the music is so cheery and happy, and so it seems cheery. fun and delightful. And you're like, oh, I'm in for a fun little alien experience, like ET. It, We've seen ET, right? Yeah. Oh, they're probably gonna have Reese's pieces. Like, <laughs> it, nope. I, it actually specifically the music reminded me of like a Monsters Inc. where it's like mm-hmm. very fun yeah. and a little classic feel, but like, yeah. I, yeah totally not what you're going to get. So after you see this pre-show, you're going to be brought, all the guests are brought into the circle chamber. The the, the theater in the round. The theater in the round. And you're going to sit in your seat. And And because you're in a theater, you need to be restrained. So you're restrained. Classic. Yeah, it comes down and sits on your chest. And Clench, and Clench is kind of the guy who's running the show he's like and clench he is an alien he's a video on the screen he's like i'm the not ceo because i don't think we have ceos of excess tech and he's like kind of the spokesperson yeah and he's like look people think that we're like coming to earth just for the money gain but it's not it's because we like you but also the money doesn't hurt Mm -hmm. and then it's so it's him and then like two like bumbling excess tech employees named Beinlock, played by Kevin Pollock, and Dr. Femis, played by Kathy Najimi. And they are communicating live from across the galaxy via video screens. Which is like the one part of future that Tomorrowland got right. There you Zoom. go. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're intergalactic. In. Yeah, they're zooming in intergalactically. And so the idea originally is that one single guest is going to be chosen out of all of us sitting in the theater to go and be teleported to go over to the excess tech headquarters and meet all of the aliens. And, you know, if you remember correctly uh, from the pre-show, that transportation worked so well. Teleportation worked so well. Yeah, and so obviously all of us are jumping at the bits to just be able to go. Or we would be if we could, if we weren't restrained (laughs) down in our chairs. Yeah. (laughs) So many, so many things keeping us, even though we obviously really want to. Of course. 
And they have like a video showing like they're like scanning our bodies, like seeing mm-hmm. who's going to get chosen. But then instead, Clench was seized by inspiration. Yeah. And decides that he instead is going to have himself teleported to our chamber so he can meet the entire group of humans. Yeah, why not? That'll be fun. Bring old, bring old, bring old Clenchy down. Yeah, Clenchy. That's, ooh, what a terrible name. <laughs> uh, no, so then, and Clench gets really impatient and, you know, all of this unexpected change causes the teleportation signal to be diverted through an unknown planet. And the, the like, bumbling workers, as they say, are like, the, guy, the girl's like, I don't know. It's like doing this. I don't know. I, I see a life form that it, it's saying to transport, but I don't know if that's safe. And, he, and the guy's like, of course it's clenched. Just do it. Yeah. And the woman's like, I don't know. And she's like, Mah. never listening to the ladies. Classic. Classic. Um, and then instead, because of the hiccup, instead of having clench, an alien CEO type human, we have a towering winged and carnivorous alien we do and And the reason you know that is because they have a little extra dialogue in there too where they're like wait it's carnivorous does that mean it eats meat yes the people in the theater may be in danger and then yeah and it's like um why does clench have wings (laughs) and that was the wing all of this had to be added because of the audience needed to know that he can fly because that wasn't clear before thanks thanks michael eisner yeah um yeah, a lot of that, uh, the dialogue wasn't obvious enough, so they added it. And then he comes beamed into the tube by mistake, and then chaos and confusion ensues, and the technicians are panicked, and they're like, oh, we don't know what to do, and immediately screams. I mean, and the creature is scary. Yeah. It's a terrifying-looking creature. It looks kind of like a bad alien dragon, like... Yeah. It's just giving you a lot of evil. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look friendly, and, you know... If it did, you wouldn't get a chance to talk to it for very long, because <laughs> before long, it's dark. It is. It, 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 well, first, like, the creature, like, shatters through the glass, and they're like, don't worry, it's okay, because you see those lighting yeah. pole things? As long as those are on, and, like, the electricity's working, we'll be fine. Obviously, the alien breaks it, it turns pitch black, and you hear the creature going throughout the entire chamber, it's totally dark. The guests are sat, helplessly restrained. We have nothing to do, but it's blood curdling, blood curdling screams all around you. Ah! And then, like, you know, uh, 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 what's that on your face? Blood. Yeah. And guts. Yeah. A maintenance worker is attempting to restore the power, but is was mauled by the aliens. Shrieks. <laughs> what? Oh my god! So then you're in the room, and it's. Spraying fluid on you because you have like the guts of the person who's dying. Yeah, um, and to be clear, this is like a it's like a honey I shrunk the audience kind of 4D experience where like water is now shooting out on your face because that's supposed to mimic the blood and guts that are now coming on to you um, yeah. from this terrifying alien that's loose in the chambers. Yeah, and the way that they made this so realistic, I explained to you that the chairs and you're strapped in, but around you is so this harness is already going to mess with your system just because you're feeling right. very like if you're claustrophobic oh my god this you'd have a panic attack for sure on this then because you are in this circle it kind of also unites everybody to have this panicked experience and you can hear everybody and, yeah you know it, you can hear the screams and then around your head is going to be a surround speakers 
that are they, they by neuro cues it's going to have it so that depending on what's happening you're hearing sound directly in both ears yeah or if it's like that uh, monster's far away and coming towards you you might hear it in one ear first and then the other and just sound design to make it feel like it's in certain areas or it's moving around closer to you and, I, and the ride ultimately the the attraction obviously is the stuff you're seeing on the screen but a lot of it is in that harness right all of yeah that, i would say all i would actually argue more of it is i would i would agree that yeah is is this experience that this chair is giving you because it also allows it so you can hear the monster the alien monster noises you also hear the atmosphere noises at the same time mm-hmm. with guests screaming there's also screams pumped into the speakers as well on top of the actual screams happening and you would also get this warm, moist air sprayed into your face that was supposed to be like the alien's breath. Yeah. Ooh. I'd heard it was on the back of your neck. It's also probably on your neck. Yeah, so scary. Oh, my God. And then the water was used from the front of the seats, and it would go on you. That would represent drool and blood of other guests. Mm. And our friend the janitor. And the janitor. Like, God, like, I literally wrote in my notes, God, this... It feels so wrong. How did this get made? <laughs> you did. I, uh, so it, all, everything about it is, it feels real. I mean, granted, I was a very, very, very young kid when I went on this, but I thought it was real. But clearly everyone had a really terrifying experience on it because that's how I knew not to go. Because you see, there are so many stories of people coming out of it just shook. Yeah. Um, so where so so we just left our, our janitor friend who has been uh, decimated and sprayed all over us. What what happens next in the ride? More screams, more freaking out, trying to get a hold of this alien to put him back into his little chamber thing, and like you hearing the employees being like everything's gonna be fine, and then you also hear them talking to each other that peek behind the curtain where they're like nothing's gonna be fine, <laughs> um, and then uh, the alien appears back. In its chamber, it got recaptured, and then they quickly, they somehow, <laughs> uh, right? And then he, like, gets sent back to whatever alien planet. And they're like, oops, sorry about that. Um, Our bad. Yeah, I actually think because this attraction was in the dark, we should play some of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah heads up if you uh, scare easily. Um, Put this part on mute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll drop maybe about... 40 seconds in? Yeah. exhausting <laughs> thanks for going on that ride with us guys oh my god uh, i don't know how this got made i don't know how this got made more than i don't like i think this makes less sense than superstar limo yeah 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 
This Agreed. is terrifying. Well, but what's what's interesting too, though, I think, and we're going to get into this now. I think um, is that this ride, for as scary as it was, you know, they didn't. They only had it in that pre-show part for like for a month, and they shut it down. They retooled it, but once they retooled it, it stuck around for a bit. Like not a real long time, but definitely longer than Superstar Limo. It shut down in two thousand three, so yeah, it was open probably longer than it should have, but still. Not even a decade, which is very short. Yeah. For a ride, one of my favorite attractions is Dinosaur, and so all, so this attraction was in Magic Kingdom, which is probably the most kid friendly, family friendly right. park. Yeah. I Dinosaur takes place. It's like an Indiana Jones ride where it's tossing you around in a vehicle, and most of it is kind of in the dark mm-hmm. because the meteor shower is coming, and you know carnivorous and dinosaurs are coming towards you to eat you. But somehow it's still a Disneyfied fun. Like you're okay. Yeah, and this just doesn't have that. This never had a moment where you were safe or okay. Yeah. It was just kind of like, all right, well you didn't die. Have a great day. <laughs> all right, uh, well we'll we'll send you some vouchers in the mail for a return trip next yeah. time. Our fault. <laughs> so this ride didn't work, and there was a lot of reasons, a lot of speculation for why. At the end of this, it went bye bye. One, yes, it had people going, but. Arguably, you know, even though a lot of people did love it, it was certainly not anything like any other attraction at any of the Disney parks, especially Magic Kingdom. And that probably was not a good thing. Sure, there's a few people that would go and really enjoy it. um, But you're not going to the Magic Kingdom to go on things like this. Yeah. And you're not. You're not going specifically to things like this if you also then have to go to the Magic Kingdom. And just like there's the Venn diagram is very narrow on people that like both of those types of things. Yeah, it was definitely a a niche cult club probably following it. But, you know, it it was just legitimately too scary. And Disney, you know, even though they would put warnings on it and stuff, what are you going to do? So ultimately, it just wasn't a good fit. And Eisner even, like, I guess, like kind of abandoned it. Like as they were like working on it, he's like, I don't know. I don't care anymore. I got other things. It sounds like a very Eisner thing yeah. to happen. Yeah. No, we have to do this. Yeah, I have to do it, and then, eh, I don't know, I don't care anymore. <laughs> um, another really uh, big reason they probably let it go. So, Clench, I mentioned his character name, but I did not specify who the actor's name was. His you name is Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey Jones, you know him as the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. I did not know him as that. Mm-hmm. Wow. You also know him because oh, he is man. a predator. Uh, yeah. So in 2002, he was arrested for possession of child pornography. And, um, you know, Disney doesn't really like to associate with those kind of people for obvious reasons. Hopefully he's still in jail. Um, I didn't I didn't know the Ferris Bueller thing. That's that's going to make that harder to watch now, too. Right? Hmm, that's oh, a bummer. It's... Oh, man. Especially with the whole, like, oof. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I'm going through something uh, live, guys. <laughs> uh, thank you for... It's my birthday. Thank you for... Happy, uh, happy birthday. Thank you for handling me. <laughs> Hanging with me is what I meant to say. I'm leaving all that in. Yeah, your words, you just got them today. Well, I, uh, you, you did just get off a plane and I literally did. come to my closet to record. We are <laughs> recording from my closet again. So <laughs> I did, I did. Uh, but also, that's shocking news. Yeah. So Disney, you know, uh, you know, I don't think that's the number one reason, but it obviously definitely pushed it faster. Like we got to get this yeah. out instead of re-recording all of the videos and stuff. It was right. It the, it was the ride's time to go. And then at the same time, uh, what Disney does well is taking some of their beloved IP characters and putting them in attractions. And so around this time, too, Lilo and Stitch was very, very popular. And 
kind of felt like the perfect character, specifically a Disney character, yeah. to take over this attraction. He's an alien. Yeah. And um, and they did. A and he's a cute one. He's a cute one. So they decided uh, to shut down Alien Encounter and refurbish it with a super, super quick and dirty, just get it in, go. And instead of having the super scary murdering alien, we're going to have a cute little Stitch. But he's just going to be up to no good. He's just going to be a silly goose. So I haven't been on Stitch's Great Escape. I think I only went on that once as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> So they turned, they, so they took the murdery stuff and made it like, what do they do? Like adorably stuff? Yeah. So instead he was just like... It's supposed to kind of be a prequel to Lilo and Stitch, even mm. though somehow his name is Stitch and she named him Stitch, so I don't really know how that works, but whatever. It's like a prequel, and you're going to meet the alien, and he escapes, and uh-huh. instead of, like, blood, it's spit and yeah. snot, you know? Gotcha. And then the noises and, like, like you, at one point, like, apparently he, like, burps, and it's a chili dog that he took from an audience member, uh. and apparently this, like... I don't remember this, but apparently it smelled so bad it would actually make people nauseous and throw up. Oh, like man. the smell was so, so terrible. That is that is funny though, right? Because they took the blood and guts and turned that into spit, and they turned like the hot breath, and that's like, oh, he had a chili dog. Yeah, a burp. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, they really did just be like, quick, how can we, how can we make this kid friendly? Uh, and they really didn't go. change much. It's literally still an alien yeah. escapes. It's just now an IP that you're familiar with and is. And you might like more. Yeah. Um, but this version, uh, so this one opened November 16th, 2004. It survived a little bit longer than its predecessor, but honestly, people weren't really loving this either. A lot of times, like, you would thought it would do really well. It didn't. We'll dive more into this ride. We'll do an episode on it. I don't want to tell you too, too much right now. But um, the ride, October 1st, 2016, it became a seasonal attraction, which they don't really do that, so... It was yeah, so unpopular, weird. they did a seasonal thing. And then in 2017, the pre-show area just became like a character meet and greet. Oh, okay. Stitch's alien encounter character greeting. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just combining all of the things. Uh, and then the attraction uh, last operated January 6th, 2018, which led to the speculation that maybe this attraction was going bye-bye. Uh, yes. Yes, it did. And then it just went bye-bye. It just went bye-bye. Um, and yeah, it was like, and a lot of times when a ride like that or a traction like that goes away for a little bit, like with a Mr. Toad, you have people so upset. Like you cannot take away this ride that we love. You all of a sudden get like a surge of people who want to go see it. Yeah. This did not have that. No. Yeah. I, yeah, I kind of get it. I mean, look, that we the the bones of the attraction, the bones of the alien, extraterrestrial alien encounter, the idea of like sitting in the dark while things are happening to your face. Um, and you should be scared that, for your life. Isn't that fun? Like no. And so just making it cute still isn't that fun. So yeah, I, I I'm not shocked. Yeah, I think this whole thing, you know, this is a journey, and you guys just went on it with us. Um, yeah, it's a lot. I don't think it was an attraction that was ever set to win. I think it was one of those that had a lot of issues from day one, and those new Imagineers came in hot, and they said, no, we're doing it. And Michael Eisner said, yeah, you're young and cool. I pick you. I pick you for six months, and then I'm going to abandon it. Good luck, kids. <laughs> um, well, happy birthday, me. We're doing Disney on Yelp, although this time 
there's no Yelp for alien encounter, extraterrestrial alien encounter. I think I probably could have skimmed through the the Stitch ride and found a couple of mentions of it, but I found another page, um, WD wmagic.com mm-hmm. um, and they have uh, reviews for rides and so this is one for Alien Encounter. Oh my god I'm so excited. The title of the ride Don't Drag Kids Onto exclamation point. There's a lot of ellipses in this um, It's just bear with me. Okay. Uh, Alien Encounter dot, 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 loved it dot, dot, dot. the pre-show was great where a really high tech audio animatronic robot demos the new state of the art transporter. Cool then into the theaters where you sit and a harness lowers onto your shoulders. I found that to be a bit uncomfy. Great effects, great audio, a must-do for grown-ups. But one thing really bothered me. Some really white trashy lady (laughs) was dragging her poor, terrified, had-to-be-no-older-than-five-year-old little girl onto this. This upset me seeing this. The mom had her by the hand and was literally dragging her into the queue. The mom said, it's not scary, stop crying! The uh, cast member of the interest said, ma'am, it really is scary. <laughs> I followed and told the mom the same thing. She just rolled her eyes at me and dragged her kid into the queue area. Great. Now the kid will be scared for life. Poor thing. That mother really mm, to me off. <laughs> so we did Alien Encounter. And of course, all the little ones that went on came out crying and terrified, including the poor <laughs> little girl with the white trash mother. The reason why I say white trash is, folks, is because you can really tell when you see it. <laughs> So take your little ones across the way to Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin instead. Period. That was me. It could have been. Full although, circle. Well, let's let's no, not say that. I, I know. I was just joking. My mom is. Your mom is lovely. My mom would also never drag me onto anything. And could not even be considered white trash. No. <laughs> Um, but yes, I mean, I think I think we we can all relate to seeing the crying children coming out of it, um, and I think that that's the big thing. Most magical, happy, we said in the intro, happiest place on earth, um, and you're putting something terrifying in it. Why? Right. Tower of Terror has a fun campiness to it. Also, it is a thrill attraction where you have to be a certain height, so you have to be a certain age. The thing I think the big difference is sort of like again going going back to Tim Curry's performance in the pre-show. It's just so different from what you see in Tower of Terror, which is like Mark Silverman, our guy. Um, He's got like, you know, that's charming and it's fun and it's campy and it's like eerie and weird. Whereas Tim Curry's is sinister. And like there's just like a sinister nature to the alien encounter. And that's that doesn't mesh well with what Disney has to offer. Um, That said, I have a couple of regular questions. Oh, okay. As with all of our defunct rides, we can't do all the same things we typically do, like uh, where does it fit in your day or 10-minute kind of lines. But we can ask, um, what would you change about this attraction if you were to bring it back? And then would you bring it back? I think you can answer the second one like probably pretty easily. Yeah, would I bring it back? No! <laughs> no! Never! No, and see, even, like, the time of, like, the age I was when I went on it is, like, the age where you don't remember a lot of things. Right. And the fact that I do remember bits and pieces of it. Right. I don't remember what the attraction was about. I just remember thinking I was actually going to die. Yeah. I I mean, I remember, I don't remember a lot about my trips to Disneyland either, but I do viscerally remember. I remember the emotion of being scared yeah. to go towards it. Same, yeah, that's wild that as a yeah. kid, like, that's something that stuck with you. Yeah. And it says a lot to, like, how as kids... Scary, you know, does affect us. Yeah. So, so if you were to bring it back, if what I... would you change? Like, let's 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 take it. Okay, let's really think about. To, this. Let's change the attraction. We're gonna move it out of the parks because there's. I don't think there's any way to like. No, it's to going bring to Universal. It's going to Universal. It's sure. on 
uh, Islands of Adventure. Um, I'm workshopping a little bit here. No, that's good. I think that's what we need to do. But I think one of the things that I would need is it not to be a theater in the round experience, but yeah. some kind of movement so that even though I'm trapped, there's not a sense of true, actual fear and helplessness. Right. Like, maybe it's a moment where, like, you're almost going to be attacked by this alien, and then you move. Like, the vehicle would move or something yes. so that, like that, you know, like the Transformer ride at Universal? No, but I, I, I can envision yeah. what this is like. Just some kind of situation where it's like, oh, phew, we got out, like... Not just like, well, you survived, you didn't die. Like some yeah. kind of more. We've decided to let you go now. This thing somehow got captured again, and you did nothing except be scared. Yeah, you See didn't. Ya. So having some kind of control. Yeah. This makes it so that, like the current attraction had you have no control over anything. I think it would be good to have some. Cool. I like that idea. I think mine. I'm gonna go a little bit different, but with the same kind of idea, which is you have a little bit more control. You have a little more agency. I want to do Alien in the style of Rise of the Resistance. Ooh. A walk through, Xenomorph's popping out, you're scared, and you're like trying to get and then Ripley shows up and you get like little little space laser gun type things and you can shoot them like similar to kind of honestly what Eisner originally pitched, which was like you're you're trying to clear out the ship. Um and again, you have that agency and you get to participate in it. And yes, look, I don't this is not the kind of attraction that should be in the parks. Duh. Right. Uh but if we want to do a horror type thing Let's do it in an immersive theater type way. I mean, it's the haunted houses, right? Let's make a haunted house in space attraction, which is what this movie was. Yeah, totally. I I think that that would be very smart. Have some control. Yeah. Um, and, and I can totally fun. see it because, like, even the part of the great movie ride when you're going through, it is. It's like a little scary, but you don't feel like, oh my right. god, I'm gonna die. And also, don't like, let twelve year olds on it. That's my other thing. Yes, if you're, if you're I, under twelve. I, that's why Tower Terror makes sense because you. Yeah. And even that, I told you, there was a, the parents that like literally pushed their child to get them to ride it. I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. Like, let if they're scared, let them be scared. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay to be scared and not go on those types of things. It is a hundred percent okay to be scared and not go you, on those things. You you get scared, you go on the thing. You don't go on the thing because you're scared. You're both both of those kids are going to grow up and sit in the closet and make a Disney podcast because that's both of us. Hey! hey, we are in my closet recording this. Um, yay! Happy birthday, Will! Thanks, Kelly. I appreciate it. What a it, that was a fun adventure. It was a fun adventure. Thank you for uh, taking me through it. Yeah. Woof! It was exhausting. I'll tell you that much. I'm excited to go watch Alien. I oh yeah, maybe that's what we should watch for our patrons. That'd be a fun movie night. I don't think it's on Disney Plus, but mm, that's uh, true. I I wonder where Alien is online. We'll have to find it. But yeah, um, that was super fun. It's very fun sometimes to go back to these defunct attractions and revisit them yeah if you if you went on if you the listener went on alien encounter uh let us know oh my god especially if you were like old enough to remember it for real yes please message like please admittedly the youtube videos are like i know a lot of it's in the dark and you heard some of the audio from it um uh, it's just they're not really well shot so like if you have first person stories i'd love to hear yes me too because what a wild ride. So thank you so much for coming with us on that, celebrating Will and his birthday and his love of horror. Yeah, and if you want to wish me happy birthday, you can do that on our <laughs> social media channels. Uh, Slice of Disney on Facebook and Instagram or Slice underscore of underscore Disney on Twitter. And you can email us at sliceofdisneypod at gmail.com. You can also find us, listen to us, subscribe, rate, review, love, 
Share with all your friends on anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also go to sliceofdisney.com as kind of an avenue to find all of these things, including our Patreon. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit earlier. We have a bloopers episode that's been a lot of fun, compiled clips from the past six months, honestly. We do monthly extra episode releases, do the movie nights we talked about a little bit. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, so join us. Uh, we would appreciate it. And yeah, check us out later this month. We are bringing you another episode, and we're very excited about it. So dive on in. Don't be too scared. Okay, bye.